Hey everybody, you're listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. Legacy Church is a multi-generational church that exists to worship God, become like Jesus, and bring hope to our community. Today, we're sharing a message from our current series. We believe that the Word of God is powerful and has real-life application to our lives today. We hope that this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website at lgcy.church. Good morning, good morning, good morning, Legacy Church. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Pastor Matt, and I, along with my wife, are the senior pastors here at Legacy Church, and we just want to take a moment to welcome you uh, today, and we are so excited for what God is going to do today. Uh, I have the opportunity of starting a new series, and you say, well, why did uh, you have Dr. K come up and tell Uh, his story. It's because today we are starting a series called Legacy Faith. Everybody say, Legacy Faith. Faith. Today we are starting a new series, and uh, today for the next uh, seven weeks after this, we're going to dive in to faith. Come on. I think we need to get a greater perspective of faith. We need to get a greater understanding of faith. But if I could, in this moment, take you back to 1899, 1899. If you would just take a moment, just close your eyes, picture what it would have been like back in 1899. Maybe you had to go and visit your family. There was no such thing. Uh, In the most case, you would either travel by horseback or you would travel by train. So picture having to go across the country and visit your family. And then you would have to set aside over a week's time to get from one location to another location. And you would have to set aside that time before you even got there to do that, but what if I told you, and what if I informed you that in just four short years from 1899 that there would be a prototype vehicle that would be created that would be similar to a bird that would fly in the sky that would be able to take you from one destination to another destination instead of weeks in just hours. You would think that I would be crazy. Am I right? That invention, that prototype, that flying bird in the sky would go on to be called an airplane. Now let's fast forward a little bit to 1979. What if I told you back in 1979 that in my pocket I would have a device that wouldn't have any cords, wouldn't have any long antennas, and it would be able to communicate to someone on the other side of the earth in that manner. You would think that I am nuts. You would think back in that time, because all we had were corded phones, and in some cases we had a hundred foot long cord so that we could go around the house and do the jobs that we needed to do while we were on the phone. But what if I told you that that device would be invented and we would call it a cell phone? You would think that I'm crazy and you'd probably put me in the loony bin, am I right? Because of what we knew at that time were corded phones. But as you know by now, these stories are based on true events. They are real. But at some point when someone was telling someone about these things, about these inventions, they thought that they were crazy. There was a time when we had no cell phones. There was a time when we had no airplanes. There was a time where we didn't have a little app on our phone that we could pick any food we ever wanted and it would be delivered to our door in 35 minutes. 
Am I right? Ten years ago, when someone had the idea for Uber Eats, people thought they were crazy and it couldn't be done. All of these things seemed impossible and they sounded crazy at the time when someone first talked about them until they became a reality. Some of these things seemed impossible. But can I tell you that some of the things that seem impossible in your life, some of the things that seem crazy in your life are only crazy until they become a reality. As I was thinking about this and as I was thinking about this series, Legacy Faith, and today what I want to do is I want, the, I want to paint the picture for the next seven weeks after this of what Legacy Faith is. And I want to take this time and I begin to think about this and all these people that we come to talk about on Sunday, all these people that we read about in the Bible were all people of great faith. They were all people that lived their life in great faith on the limb of what was faith. And today I want someone to see the God that I serve by the great faith that I have. The reason I brought Dr. K up here to tell his story because I want someone to see the God that we serve and the great faith that we have. The legacy faith that we have. Will you be able to say that my father was a man of great faith? That my mother was a woman of great faith? Will, you, will your coworkers be able to say that my friend is a person of great faith? See, we tend to live our lives safe and then we never get to see the full promises of God because we say we have faith, but we don't live like we have faith. Hebrews 11.1, we're going to be camping out here for the day. Hebrews 11.1, I love the living translation. It says, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is certainly that what we hope for is waiting for us. Even though we cannot see it, it is up ahead. Here's the part that caught me in this translation. It says, men of God in days of old were what? What does it say? Famous for their faith. Famous for their faith. This is legacy faith. Let's talk about legacy for a moment. I know we just renamed the church and we went through all of this, but let me give you a refresher. Legacy focuses on what will endure. Legacy is about receiving and passing on of things of lasting value to those that live after us. Legacy involves living intentionally and aiming to build into the next generation for their success. That is legacy. So if that is legacy, what is legacy faith? Legacy faith is a bold trust in God demonstrated by those before us and exemplified to those after us. That is legacy faith. Now, when we think about legacy faith, we think about those in the Bible. We think about the stories that we read. I think one of the people that come to mind the most when I'm thinking about legacy faith is a man named Noah. Does everybody remember Noah? Noah, he got up every day to do what? He got up every day to build a boat. But what's so interesting is Noah never saw rain. He never, he was building a boat. He was building something that seemed crazy. It seemed ridiculous. He was building a boat, yet he had never seen 
rain. He wasn't a trained boat builder. He didn't go to school for it. But instead, what he did was he got an instruction for God, and then he began to move in action and put that instruction into work. And because of that, he quit his occupation. He enlisted his entire family to help him build this crazy thing that everybody in the village thought he was nuts. And he built something that had never been seen before. Now, what you have to understand in this process is he didn't just build this in a year. He didn't just build this in six months. He was building something for years. Years. That he was spending his time and spending his life and his entire family's life building something that people thought he was nuts for doing. Now, how many times in those moments when we're doing something and God says, I've instructed you to do this, and you're doing it for maybe months, maybe you're doing it for years, and it's like, God, why are you doing this? God, why? My family thinks I'm crazy. My coworkers think I'm crazy. Everyone thinks I'm crazy. But yet he continued to build the boat. Can I say what some would consider crazy in one season will be considered a legacy in another season. See, what they thought he was crazy for spending this time building this boat, guess what? He was real smart when it started to rain. Everyone wanted to be on the boat when it started to flood. But everyone before that thought he was crazy. What will, be counted as legacy, or what will be counted as crazy in one season will be counted as legacy, faith in another season. Now, when you're praying for your wife to be completely healed of cancer and for the tumor to be shrunken down to nothing, that seems crazy. It seems crazy when you're believing for your student debt to be eliminated and you keep looking at the balance and it seems to never go down. To have it supernaturally wiped out, that seems crazy. When you're believing for a mortgage to be paid off, or maybe you're just believing for a house first, but I'm believing for the house and the mortgage to be paid off real quickly. It seems so far off, it seems so impossible. Maybe you grew up in poverty, but you, your goal in life is to be able to Bring up wealth so that you can leave a legacy to your kids and your grandkids. It seems crazy. Maybe finding out you're pregnant when you've been walking through treatment after treatment after treatment for infertility seems impossible. It seems crazy. But can I tell you what is crazy in one season will be counted as legacy in another. I believe that when you get a vision from God and we step out, even if people think it's crazy, See, Noah got a vision from God, and yet he stepped out, and he was obedient year after year after year, even when everybody doubted him. No one, no one thought Noah had any sense. No one thought that this man, this, this, this person, what is he doing? He's nuts. Until it started to rain. See, the thing that seems crazy, but you know it came from God, and you wrote it down in your journal... 
maybe during prayer and fasting, maybe uh, in this last season as you entered in, uh, as 2022 came to a close and 2023 came about, maybe you entered in and God gave you a vision and you wrote it down in a journal. But it seems crazy. It seems so far out of reach. It seems impossible. Maybe he's telling you to quit this job so that you can start another. Maybe he's telling you to stay at the job because sometimes I think we think it takes faith to go somewhere else. Sometimes it takes faith to stay where you're at. Maybe he's telling you to move closer, moving closer to town so that you can plug into church, so that you can plug in. And maybe opportunities will open up for you because you do that. But what may be crazy now will be a testimony of God's goodness, and it will be legacy story of his goodness later on. Now, when we think about heroes of the faith, we think about those in the Bible who are living this, that we read about. They're living this crazy legacy faith. How is it legacy faith? Because we're still talking about it. We're still reading about it. But when I think about the heroes of faith in the Bible, I can't help but think that there are heroes that I grew up around. There are heroes that are all around me. And I, I wouldn't be where I am today without two of my heroes, which is my mom and my, my dad, Pastor Tim and Gwen Shuttlesworth. There I am. I had hair at one point. But I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be living in the faith that I'm living in today because of without their example. Because growing up in a, in a small, poor town of West Virginia, there wasn't much hope for, for young men. In fact, the greatest industry in West Virginia is going to the coal mine. You don't have to have an education to go to the coal mine. You just have to be available. But the faith, the legacy faith that my parents taught me was the only thing that I knew. And that's the reason why I am the way I am today. They taught me that faith was the only way to live. Now, I love my mother, and if she's watching, I apologize, Mom. I love you very much. But my mom has so much faith that she won't take Advil for a headache. Because she knows that God is our healer. And she believes that he will even heal a headache. I believe that too, but my faith is not there yet. Mom, help me. I love my mom. I think about my Uncle Ted and my Aunt Bonnie, <clears throat> excuse me, who are traveling evangelists, who I worked with them for a number of years in their ministry. I worked with them in West Virginia from their Headquarters. I also ran their office here in Canada for a number of years and was able to travel, travel with my aunt and uncle. And God uses my aunt and uncle to minister all over the United States, to minister all over Canada. But every time I go <clears throat> and I was able to spend time with them, God did miraculous things. God opened blind eyes. God opened deaf ears. There was a lady that came in her foot was severed from her leg in a forklift accident at her job. And at that moment, the Holy Spirit began to move and my uncle began to pray. And the next night, the lady that had her leg severed off, they reattached it, but it was dead. 
The next night she came in wearing red high heels and was walking on that leg because God did it. I wouldn't be where I am today without the faith of my mom and dad, without the faith of my aunt and uncle who taught me. And they, I watched my uncle sign contracts with hardly any money in the ministry account. And I asked him, I said, how are you able to sign these contracts? He said, because God told me to. And if God told me to, then he will provide for it. And so I'm signing it. There was no hesitation. There was no doubt. But there was bold faith. I think about Pastor Dave, who is the founding pastor, Pastor Dave and Shannon Mischuck, who are the founding pastor of what used to be New Song Church here, which is now Legacy Church. I think about their faith. And, and if you know Pastor Dave, you've heard his story. You've heard his story about how God called him to start this church 31 years ago. And everyone around him, all the ministers and all the people around him said, I don't think you should do this. I don't even think you're qualified. But he knew what God said. And he stood on what God showed him in legacy faith, in crazy faith. And because of that, here we are today. Because it took one man's faith. He got a word from God. God said, this is what I've called you to do. And now go and do it. And because of that, you're all here this morning. This is what I'm talking about. This is the kind of faith that I'm talking about. I hear people tell me this all the time. And again, I'm not saying this to brag. I'm not saying this to puff myself up. I don't even consider myself this, but I hear people tell me all the time. And when they describe me, they describe me as a man of great faith, which I feel like I'm not. I've heard people even say it recently. I, I, I adore your faith and I wish to get to that level. But the thing is, is I can't take any credit for that. I don't consider myself a man of great faith. I just consider myself someone who believes what the word of God says and will stand on it. And when God says move, I move. And when God says stop, I stop. And when God says go here, I go here. Because that's all I know. See, I can't take credit for it. I can only say that I was shown what legacy faith looks like from my parents, from my aunt and uncles, from those that I grew up around. They have taught me to live such a faith that I knew nothing else. And they established in me the faith foundation, that if God said it, he will do it. Why don't you say that this morning? If God said it, he will do it. Come on, say it like you actually believe it. If God said it, he will do it. We were, I was sitting with Dr. K actually a couple months back, and he was telling us about the church, the capital C church in Africa. I've never been, and I believe that I will go someday. But he was telling me about the church over there. And he was telling me about their faith. He was telling me about the miracles that take place. And I think so often we can look at a country like Africa, or sorry, a continent like Africa, and we can see the great miracles. We can see the great faith. We can see everything that is taking place. We can say, well, God, why isn't that happening here? 
But what he told me, I didn't know. He, he educated me on this. He said, Pastor Matt, they don't have medicine like we have. They don't have doctors like we have that are uh, readily available to us. So the faith that they have is all they have. And that is why God moves the way that he does. Because they are standing on their faith. See, legacy faith is standing knowing it's either God or nothing at all. That is legacy faith. Now, I'm sure and I'm fully aware that not everybody grew up the way that I grew up. I understand that. But can I tell you something? You can start today. You can start right now. It's never too late to build that legacy faith into your life and into your family. What is faith? Faith Faith is trusting in something that you cannot explicitly prove. It is a complete trust or confidence in God. Now, many times in this Instagram, Facebook, Google culture, we don't trust anything if we can't prove it without a doubt. Many times the the facts that we have erode the faith that we need. The facts that we want erode the faith that we need. Well, we say, well, I'll follow God when he tells me when, where, how, who, and how much it's going to cost. That's when I'll follow him. That's when I'll be obedient. But here's the thing, and that's where we get stuck. Because here's the thing. He either shows you the mountaintop or he shows you the path. He wants you to trust him so that you can get to the place, the next step that he has for you. But it takes you to move out in faith. Everybody say faith. 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 Takes you to move out in faith. In many translations, in Hebrews 11:1, 1, it starts off with two words. Does anybody know what those two words are? Now faith. Now faith. Now faith. It is the perfect time to start. Now faith. Start tearing down those walls of debt, of doubt that have been built up inside, that have kept you in bondage. Start pulling out the lies of pessimism that have kept you where you are. Start removing the framework of fear that has chained you to your past. If we are going to follow Jesus, some of the things he will ask us to do will seem crazy. He will either show us the mountaintop and not the path, or he'll show us the path and not the mountaintop. What's so interesting is there are things that we believe in that we can't see around this world. How many knows that when you go outside and you're blown over by the wind that you believe it exists because you just experienced it? You can't see it, but you can feel it and you can experience it. Here's the thing. I know we can't see God, but we can feel him and we can experience him. Does that mean he doesn't exist? Does that mean that when you feel the wind outside and you can't see it, does that mean it doesn't exist? No, no, because you've experienced it. You felt it. You can see around in nature. You can see the trees moving. And you can see the birds floating in the wind pockets. You can see as your kite is flying in the air that there's clearly something holding it up. It's not magic. Does it mean that it doesn't exist because we can't see it? 
If we're going to follow Jesus, there will be things that will require us that our unsaved family and friends won't understand. There will be things that God has required us to do. He will give us a vision for something that seems impossible. There will be moments where we'll feel like Noah. God, you called me to build this boat. I don't even like the water. I can't even swim. There will be things that will seem crazy. There will be things that, will, that, that your family won't be able to understand. But I love Hebrews 11 when it says, and this is the hall of faith. If you've never read Hebrews 11, I would encourage you to read, read it. It's so faith building. But it says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Can I tell you something? It's not faith if you can't see it. Sorry, let me say that again. It's not faith if you can see it. There we go. It's not faith if it was not once a hope. Because it says now faith is the confidence in what? What we hope for. Faith gives hope substance. Faith gives hope flesh. One of the enemy's greatest tactics in our life is to try to discourage you so much that you no longer have hope. Because if you don't hope, you have taken away the gasoline for faith. Faith is the confidence in what we, what, hope for. If there is nothing to hope for, I cannot have faith. What happens? Bill after bill, late payment after late payment, late on rent, two months behind, bad relationship after bad relationship, discouragement after discouragement. Why? To try to convince you to stop what? Hoping. Hoping is free. But so often we get so discouraged that we've stopped hoping. Some of us have stopped hoping. Stopped hoping for another place to live. Two months behind on rent. Everything seems so far behind. We've stopped hoping house prices are at an all-time high. It seems impossible. But you need to hope that God is going to turn your situation around. That God is going to get you out of that situation. Believe that you're going to be able to move into a house and pay it off faster than what you set up. Amen. Some of you have been praying for your kids and your family to get saved for years. You've been praying. It's been 20 years. God, what's going on? Been praying for their salvation. Been praying. It's been so long that we stopped hoping. Some of us have been hoping to get pregnant. It's been a long time, but it hasn't happened to you yet, so we stop hoping. All I'm trying to do today is to build our faith to another level, to bring faith back into our life so that we have faith and confidence and trust in who our God is to the point that we start hoping again, to the point that we trust what it says, that nothing is impossible for our God. 
whatever you're believing for in faith, trust that he will do it. Trust that he will do it. Why? So that you can get all the glory? No. So that he can get all the glory. It's not about you. Sure, he wants to bless you. Sure, he wants to help you through your situation. Sure, he wants to make the impossible possible. But it's so that he can get the glory, not you. Maybe some of you have been stuck on something because you're waiting to get the glory. Maybe you need to get out of the way. The doctor said it wasn't going to happen, but look what my God did. The doctor said it wasn't going to happen. The doctor said I didn't have much longer to live, but look what my God did. Look at what he brought me through. What do you need to start hoping for again? Hebrews 11.1, 1, back to the living, it says, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that something we want is going to happen. It is the certainty that what we hope for is waiting for us. Even though we cannot see it, it is up ahead. Men of God in the days of old were famous for their faith. But it says, by faith, believing God, we know that the world and the stars, in fact, all things were made at God's command and that they were all made from things that can't be seen. Faith is confidence in who God is. But here it says it is the assurance. It doesn't say insurance. I believe some of you would actually trust God if you had insurance. Well, God, I give my tithe every week. That's my insurance. If you don't come through, I'll get it back. It doesn't say insurance. It says assurance. The thing is, it's not faith when there is insurance because of what you did. It's only faith if you put the assurance in what he's done. The problem is we want insurance and not assurance. Why? Because we have trust issues. We have trust issues, which the world has taught us to have trust issues. We can't even trust Facebook anymore. They've lost their minds over there. We have trust issues. Why? Because we don't know who our God is. I've heard of a lot of promises from people in my life. Man, I can't wait till this happens. But the problem is, is I know that person and I know it's a lot of hot air. I knew what they said would never actually happen. See, how many know when you get to know a person, you get to understand their character. You get to understand their tone and the way that they talk and the way that they communicate. You get to understand who they are. You can understand pretty quickly whether what they're saying is hot air or what they're saying has weight behind it. The more you know someone's character, the more we can trust them. Romans 10, 17, I'm going to read it in three different translations because it says in the King James, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. 
Now, as I grew up in Bible school and as I was taught in Bible school, this is how they used to say it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. The new living. So faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Christ. The new century version. So faith comes from hearing the good news. And people hear the good news when someone tells them about Christ. Why does faith come from hearing and hearing the word of God? See, when you begin to hear things over and over and over again, they get in your spirit, man. And the more they get in your spirit, man, the more you begin to understand and the more you begin to believe and the more when, when circumstances come up in your life, well, well, I'm standing on the word of God because it's inside of me. Well, you say, well, maybe I can't read the word of God. It's just too boring. Well, I would encourage you, start somewhere. There's such thing as an audio Bible. Thank you, 20, 2020. The audio Bible, you can get it on your phone. You can plug it in in your car. You don't have to read a word. They'll read it for you. But get it in you. If you can't read it on the page, if you can't read it on the phone, if you can't read it on the tablet, someone will read it for you. But get it in you. Because getting the word of God in you begins to reveal the character of who he is. And if you don't know who he is, you can't trust. And if you can't trust, you won't believe his promises that he has for us as his children. That's why I believe in this year, the, word, the words that God gave us for this house are farther and deeper. But in order to go farther, we have to go deeper in his word. We have to go deeper in prayer. We have to go deeper in the things of God, in our relationship with him. Getting the word of God in you begins to reveal the character of who he is. In order to have legacy faith, faith that your kids and your grandkids will want to know about, faith that your great-grandkids will hear about and begin to believe, that is the God my mother served, that is the God my grandmother served, that is the God my great-grandmother served, that's who I want to know. That is legacy faith. We must start living out our faith. Well, you say, I'm living out my faith. There's a huge difference between saying you have faith and living out your faith. In order for me to show you this, let me give you a little formula. Can I give you a little math equation today? Faith is intellectual agreement plus trust equals faith. Intellectual agreement plus trust equals faith. Intellectual agreement is believing something to be true. Trust is relying on the fact that something is true. Can I give you a picture of this today? In front of me, I have two chairs. Now, we can all agree that these are chairs, can we not? We can all agree that these were designed and built to hold different types of weight different types of people. Can we agree? Right? But so often, actually, I'm going to need someone for this. I need, I need someone. 
my man, can you come up here? Yeah, yeah. Now, you and I, were about the, the same. Well, you're a little bit taller than me. <laughs> Which one of these chairs would you trust to put your weight on? That chair. Why would you trust that chair to put your weight on it? Because it's bigger and it looks stronger than this. Okay. Your weight can crush that. Okay. But... but what if I told you both of these were created to hold your weight? Which one would you choose? You'd still choose this one, right? Why? Looks more comfortable? Looks more sturdy? Okay. But what if I told you this was the will of God for your life? Which, now I know, I know your faith, but realistically, which one would you still trust to hold your weight? That one. Now, what if I showed you, now, now I know I'm a little bit lighter than you, but what if I showed you that that could hold your weight? Which one would you choose? Well, at that point, I think I'll start considering this. See, because th this will hold your weight. But, but all of us like to choose this because we trust in this. But what's so interesting is that could be the will of God for your life, but we still want to choose this. Knowing, because I just sat in it, I'm telling you, it's going to hold you up. Why don't you take a seat? He sat down gently, right? Because he wasn't sure if it was going to hold his weight. But what's so interesting is there's a lot of us that even when we're shown the will of God, we still don't want to put our weight on it. We still don't want to put our trust in it. But what's so interesting, even if it didn't hold his weight, the distance to the ground is a little more comfortable. See, some of us would still choose something higher up, something more comfortable, something more that we trust in more than the will of God. What this chair does is it makes you trust the manufacturer. To know that, well, the manu I hope that they did a good job. I hope that they put it together right. I, I hope that it'll hold me up. He didn't just slam himself. He sat down gently. See, we can all agree that it's a chair. But it's the trust of putting your weight on it that produces the faith. We know it's a chair. We know it can hold us. We know that God said, this is what I have for you. But we're still stuck on what looks comfortable, on what we can trust. Thank you so much. Even when we see the will of God and it doesn't look like it'll hold us up, 
we still choose the thing we want over his will for us. He saw that God did it for somebody else, that it could hold up my weight. What if we were a church that didn't just settle for the comfortable? What if we were a church that showed the world the faith that we have? And as we sit in the will of God, and as we sit in what he has for us, knowing, trusting that it'll hold us up. But can I ask, how, many, how much energy did he waste trying to figure out which one was going to hold him up? How much time did he waste standing when he could have been sitting in the promises of God? We must trust the plan of God for him to get the glory. See, faith isn't just believing God can. Faith is believing God can and he will. Sharon, you can come up. Faith puts no limitations on God and God puts no limitations on faith. Say, well, faith, you know, I've heard a lot about the foundation of faith. It's not the foundation. It's not a foundation of faith. It's the foundation of faith. John 3.16. You cannot get saved without faith. You cannot pray without faith. We see that in Matthew 21. The Bible tells us to pray without ceasing. Whenever we ask, knowing that God hears us, what? In faith. We can't live the abundant Christian life we are promised without faith. John 10.10 10. I understand in order to have legacy faith, we must start somewhere. Today, all I was, my goal was to paint a picture. To build your faith. To get you to start hoping again to get you to start trusting God in everything that he will provide, even when it seems impossible. As Dr. K said, just showed up at the studio and wrote a check. Just showed up at his house, gave him another check. What did he do? He stood in faith, knowing that God would do it. Say, well, we must start somewhere. Yeah, we, we will next week. Pastor Rach is going to be here and she's going to be bringing you a message talking about baby faith. See, in order to walk, we must first what? Crawl. So we got to start somewhere. So I would encourage you, do not miss it. Do not miss it. I'm believing in this series of legacy faith that your faith will begin to grow to a new level that you will begin to trust in a way that when the odds seem to be against you God is still with you and he is still for you believing that you begin to hope again that the things that are collecting dust in a journal on your bookcase that you would begin to have hope that what God showed you back then, even if it was in high school, even if it was in college, that you would begin to hope and know that if he said it, he will do it. That we will begin to hope again that 
you will want to grow deeper in a relationship with him, which in turn will grow your faith and trust in who he is. That the desire for the things of God will be greater than the desire for the things that this flesh wants, this imperfect flesh. That there will be a hunger for more of him. That you won't just fast, you know, every quarter when we fast. But God has called you to fast in every moment of important decision. God has challenged me this year to fast every Wednesday of every week. That's just what he's called me to do. What has he called you to do? That your faith will grow and others will be able to latch on to the goodness of God. Because the odds were against you. Everything seemed impossible. But you stood on the word of God that he gave you. And he made it happen. And because he made it happen, he gets all the glory. That's the kind of faith that I believe for Legacy Church. I'm talking about legacy faith that our kids talk about, that our great-grandkids talk about, that those in our workplaces talk about. I don't know if you heard it, but I, I said it on January 1st, Vision Sunday online, if you didn't watch it. I said, I believe that we are supposed to be the first church that gives away a million dollars into our own city. I said, well, do you have it? No. Do you need it? Yes. But if we have it and we give it, it'll keep coming. That's what I'm talking about. That's legacy faith because there are people in this community, there are people in this city that need to know him. But they want to know him in such a way because of people that live out their bold faith. They're walking out faith. Not just that they know you have faith that they see you have faith they say I don't know how that's happening you say I know it's God that's how it's happening that is what I'm believing for this house that we will have such a great faith that we don't have to read anymore about the great faith that they had the old time faith that they can have the now faith, that they can understand that we have faith now. That's what I'm believing for. Amen, church. Can I pray for you today? God, we just thank you. We thank you. We thank you that you are with us, that you are for us. We thank you that in this year of 2023, that we will step into greater faith. As we get deeper in your word, as we get deeper in who you are, as we begin to pray, as we begin to seek your face, that you will take us farther than ever before, farther in our faith, farther in our understanding, farther in our relationships, farther in our families, that you will take us farther as we go deeper. So God, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for every person in this place today. We thank you. We thank you. Maybe you're in this place today and you say, I don't know this God that you're talking about. And I would like to know him. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. 
So that's what we're going to do today. If, if that's you, you say, I want to I start knowing this God. So I think so often, maybe you grew up in church, we, we think that the relationship is the, the finish line. But it's backwards. The relationship is the starting line. Saying yes to Jesus is allowing him to come in and transform who we are from the inside out. Transform our lives. Change our lives. You say, I want to know this God. If that's you today, all heads bowed and all eyes closed in this moment. I don't want anything to hinder you from making this decision. This is one of the most important decisions that you will make say that again. This is the most important decision that you will make. If that's you today, whether you're watching online, whether you're in this room today, all eyes are closed, all heads are bowed. If you would, just raise your hand in this moment. We would like to pray with you. Yes, I see your hand. I'll give you 30 seconds. This is one of the most important decisions you'll make. Do you know that if you die tomorrow, that you'll go to heaven? Maybe you're in this place and you say, I want to recommit my life to God. I've grown far away from him. I've grown distant to him. And I want to come back home. If that's you, raise your hand this morning. pray this prayer together. If you would, just pray with me. Jesus, thank you for coming for me. Today, I repent of my sins. I give you my life. Change me. Transform me renew me. I am yours. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Let's give a round of applause for those who said yes to Jesus this morning. God has welcomed you into his kingdom. So God, we just thank you for every person as they walk out of this place today, that they stand in faith, believing and trusting in you. So God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for who you are in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website at lgcy.church.